Welcome to another episode of the Asian American Brainstorm. Today we'll be discussing how 2022 delivered us some content we never thought we'd live to see. We'll be discussing shows with brilliant AAPI leads, magical bangles, and heartwarming stories. Let's start with chatting about Bridgerton. Season 2 came out this year and is based on the book The Viscount Who Loved Me. So for those who haven't watched it yet, uh, you don't need to watch season one to understand season two, can get most of it. Like for me, I didn't really watch season one much. I knew what happened, but I just read about it and then picked it up from season two because I heard about all these characters that were coming and really wanted to find out. So season two focuses on the eldest son of the Bridgerton family, Anthony. Some of the main characters in season two are the Sharmas, a family that travels from India to find a husband for their younger daughter, Edwina. This particular show has a lot of different AAPI content in it because the Sharmas, the new uh, people in town, are uh, Indian. And there's a lot of different content covered, and we're going to discuss it from characters we liked or didn't like, and more. So I'll go ahead and start off. One of the things that I really liked was Kate's character. I actually happened to watch both seasons, and I really like that Kate's character in particular it's very independent. Um, it seems like she kind of fell in love for the right reasons, not because she's dependent on finding a husband, which is like one of the, you know, it being kind of like semi-period drama is one of the things that a lot of other girls kind of depend on. She doesn't have that particular belief. It was nice for me. She was one of the only characters that was like, oh yeah, I'm here, but I'm not looking, unlike everyone else on the show. Right. It, it seems like she... When she eventually, when things go the way that they do, you know, she does it because of love and not because of, again, just like this need for status or dependence on wealth and things like that. Definitely our favorite character. How did you feel about Edwina? I liked Edwina too. You know, I felt like she in in many ways was the most relatable. (laughs) In some ways, I feel like she knows what I mean, even though she didn't know about the situation with her, like, grandparents and the dowry, I think she kind of had this, like, uh, notion of, hey, I need to do this. And she also was looking for love, but, like, she definitely was like, I I know I need to do this, and that's kind of what I'm helping my family. And I think that's part of the reason why she did what she did, right? Doing the whole hunting for a husband and all that stuff. And it's, it, it's a motivator for her as well as um, Kate. I also really like the sister relationship between Kate and Edwina. I thought it was very authentic. It really was. I also loved Edwina in her own way. A lot of things she was just not aware of. And I think it was understandable in her situation. I did feel very bad for her because she was honestly, she was like kept in the shadow about a lot of things until the very end. I actually thought it was really funny when later she was like, you know, she sees like Anthony and Kate together and she's like, was it that obvious? And everyone's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny too. But I think that's also like, cause she was kind of, and maybe it was just, you know, you can ask whether it was kind of like puppy love or whether it was really like, she really felt deeply for Anthony in a real way. Strictly speaking, I mean, she, that's what love does sometimes. I think it blinds you to the reality <laughs> in some cases, you know? That's true. I kind of want to go into Kate and Anthony about how they, they're very much, they definitely have like elder sibling trauma. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the like generational trauma, the early parental death is like very much a core part of their characters and why they act the way that they do. And 
you know, with Kate, it's the death of her father when she was quite young and having to support her effectively, like, adopted mother, right? Uh, Mary and Edwina. And with Anthony, it was his father dying when he was, you know, a teenager and then having to just immediately become the head of the household and make all these really hard decisions and having no time to really process his grief. It's very authentic in a way. I mean, as a person who has had an early parental death, I thought that it was very, very authentic the way that they portrayed, especially Anthony's kind of flashbacks to in like the helplessness that he kind of felt. And and I can absolutely understand why that would manifest in the way it does. He it seems like, again, he never processed his grief, you know, not actually moving through it really does lead to these harmful effects later on. And it's good to finally see him in this series sit down and, and process it and move through it with the help of his mother and his sister and Kate, especially. I'm glad that you found it a good portrayal. And I hope that other people in the same situation thought that too. Yeah, I just wish that we got some more, honestly, flashbacks with Kate and not just Anthony. That was my only kind of thing. That's true. They didn't really show, they talked about the dad and they said very like nice things, but they didn't show it. And I think it's because um, like we loved Kate from the start, while Anthony, we didn't, and they needed to find ways for us to. Right. (laughs) Anthony was kind of like, I watched season one, you know, and I was kind of like, I don't really like Anthony that much. They really had to redeem him. Oh, I didn't even see season one. It must have been, you all must have had a worse impression than me in the beginning. Yeah, but they they really did turn him around with all of the different you, you kind of understand his character in season two, where in season one, you're like, why are you behaving the way you are? So another thing I wanted to touch on, I mean, I know this is kind of, this is not so much about Kate, but with Anthony, I think a symptom of him not processing his grief that I thought was very interesting and accurate, even today, is that being the quote unquote man of the house or whatever, back in those days, he wasn't really in kind of a position where he could just talk about his emotions with other men. And so he basically, and part of grieving is denial or like pushing away, like maybe processing. You just throw yourself into your work so you don't have to deal with like the pain of just moving through the grief. And so it seems like he kind of did that and never again, just stopped to process. It almost makes me wonder if if society had been structured differently, men hadn't had this kind of like system, right? Where they don't talk about their emotions to each other maybe he would have had more of an opportunity to process early on and not have been the way that he is. Very true. I mean, the time that the show takes place, I'm sure it was even worse than it is now. I want to go a little bit into how the South Asian community felt about seeing all these characters and scenes in Bridgerton season two. So from what I've seen on TikTok and hearing from friends, everyone was super excited to see these Indian characters It was great to see these bold, confident women be in these roles, even though this is a fictional piece. Like, they didn't whitewash these characters. They showed their culture. Like, I absolutely love the Huldy scene where Edwina was supposed to be getting married. I don't know how, who thought of this, but they were a genius. A popular song for us, Gubby Gushy Gubby Gum. They did a classical cover of that song, and it was super exciting for us because that's a movie that, like, a lot of us grew up with in the early 2000s. So it was really great to see. I never thought I would live to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like I saw a bunch of comments on on some YouTube videos I was watching as part of this, like the research for this video of people being like, you know, Kate is my Disney princess or Edwina is my Disney princess. 
And I just thought that was really heartwarming, you know, like this is this is the representation that they've been looking for. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm really hoping future seasons of Bridgerton have more people from different places. Like, I feel like there's a lot of POCs and who knows who they'll cast next. And that'll be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to where they'll take this. And I think actually I might be wrong about this. But I'm pretty sure Kate was not in the book Indian. I think that that was something that the director, Shonda Rhimes, she's the one who made that decision. I think she, from the very beginning, wanted it to be a super diverse cast. That was a big thing about the first season, too. But she she was the one who inserted that. I was curious, in all the books, is everyone white? I think I heard that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I wish that I knew. Um, and, and we could fact check this later if we were really curious. I don't know for sure because I never read the books myself. They were really creative with the season. I thought Bridgerton was a show I would not like, but um, <laughs> it's one of those shows that I think you have to watch. Like you have to binge it. You can't spread it out. Right. Also, season two is not equivalent to season one is the other thing. Like season one, I think season two is way less trashy in a way. (laughs) I know this sounds bad. Yeah, it's more appropriate. Season one is very like some of those like fiction stories that like you you picture a lot of women reading that are very like steamy. That's season one. (laughs) And then season two is more like it's a little closer to like an actual period drama like Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. It's like something that I think of that's kind of like similar, except it's a little bit more modernized. Like they they made the language much more modern. And, you know, all of this awesome representation is in this versus Pride and Prejudice. So it's really cool to see all of that kind of get integrated. And I think that's why I enjoyed this season so much more than season one. Yeah, I heard that the books are very, the first book, which is the season one is based on, is very different than the second book. There's a a couple other scenes that I really enjoyed. Um, So there was one scene that I personally found to be very profound, where Kate has her own issue in that being the person who kind of had to step up at a very young age to help take care of the family along with her adopted mother, you know, she'll do anything to kind of make sure that they're happy and healthy even at the expense of her own needs, right? Like, literally, she's in love with Anthony, but she's like, you know, if, it, if that's what makes Edwina happy, I guess that that's what, I'm, you know, like it's going to happen is that she's just going to marry him instead of me, right? We thought that was where they were going to wrap up the story, and they didn't. Right. I really, really enjoyed, there's a scene where she kind of is talking with Mary, you know, her adopted mother, and comes to this conclusion of why she is the way she is, and she's kind of explaining that to Mary, and Mary is like, hey, listen, you don't have to prove yourself to make us happy to feel sufficient. You are loved unconditionally. And that, to me, was extremely profound. I really enjoyed that scene because it's like one of those things that shows that family does not have to be blood. Family is beyond that. Another thing I enjoyed was the semi-magical bangles. (laughs) The bangles, you know, get put on Kate towards the end, and when she drops her bangles and Anthony picks them up, that's when Edwina finally realizes that those two are in love with each other and calls off the wedding. And I think there's some mention of like, oh yeah, your mom had these bangles when she got married. So it's like there's this kind of this implied mystical, (laughs) magical thing going on with the bangles. 
And I thought it was really funny. Miss Marvel, <laughs> the show we're about to talk about, also has magical bangles. That's true. I can't believe we found two shows both about bangles. So I'm excited to kind of dive into Miss Marvel now. All right. So Miss Marvel, the comic book series released in 2014. Kamala Khan, our main character, is a 16-year-old girl from a Pakistani-American family living in New Jersey. This show, kind of a whole other genre, but it also has great AAPI representation. And we're going to talk about what we liked, what we thought could use a little improvement, and how much we want answers in season two. Personally, I liked Kamala and her friends. I thought all of her friendships seemed very realistic. I also liked that there was a great tie into the immigrant family experience. I feel like, you know, basically any first generation kid, whether it be Indian, Pakistani, East Asian, or, or you know, so on and so forth, all of us can kind of relate <laughs> to the like parental experience of like your parents, maybe not wanting you to go out to a party or something like that's very relatable. And, and it's funny to see this represented. It's like something that I never thought I would see in a TV show. So clearly labeled. I also really love the friendships. Uh, I know a lot of people on the internet were like, oh, Kamala's situation isn't that realistic. But everyone's immigrant experience is different. Every parent raises their kids differently. And for me personally, it was very relatable. I definitely had a huge diverse amount of friends. I felt like each of Kamala's friends, I'm like, okay, I could honestly see myself being in that situation. Her family, her friends, all of it was just so great to see. And I especially like that, yes, Kamala and her family are Muslims, but the show was not completely about that. They showed their personalities. And aside from that, a lot of times when they bring Muslim characters in, they just make it about like just religion. But it wasn't like that. They showed so many different things. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like things that I haven't really thought about. Honestly, when I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen a comic book kind of series, right? A superhero film starring a Muslim character. I think this might have been the first. I'll, I'll be honest, I am not a huge Marvel person. I've seen a few few movies, but I heard about Comic-Con and I had to hop in. So maybe I'll be a Marvel fan now. We'll see. You know, Shang-Chi was groundbreaking when it came out. But I'd argue like this is even more groundbreaking than that because it's just I feel like it's so rare. I agree. How did you feel about her parents? I liked her parents. I thought that while they were definitely like had some of those kind of more like stereotypical immigrant family traits, I also know that they they did a great job in the show of making sure to convey that, no, it's not like a purely negative thing. Her parents clearly love her unconditionally and want her to be happy and healthy, you know? And I thought that that was great that they really tied that in with different scenes in the series. I feel like I've seen that time and time again where they just portray Asian American parents as just like extremely negative. There's no positives. I really appreciated the here that they did not do that. You know, they, they definitely tied it back into the positives as well. That's true. Like when Kamala comes back after sneaking out and when she tells her family she has powers, they were a bit too calm than how our parents would have acted. But I also appreciate that the show made them like chill, fun, nice people. Like it might have been for the best, even if it wasn't exactly how it would go in real life. Right. Yeah. I was not expecting her to go to Karachi and meet her grandma. And I was not expecting all those scenes there. Yeah. I mean, I thought that it was really cool that she got to do that. 
especially this the scene where you get to see her literally go back in time right to the moment that i think is kind of like the root of their family's intergenerational trauma and literally fix it i found that to be quite fascinating i feel like that's kind of what like every single asian american kid with you know hear all these stories of like why did your parents immigrate hero because this horrible thing happened and we had to escape that right like i think that's what every asian american kid wants to do is to go back and and literally fix that so that way they don't have to keep going with this kind of past burden you know on their on their minds that's a good point like every just like in the show like everyone has their own view on what happened and their mom grandma relationship was literally strained because of because of that and kama was able to like basically clarify what happened and they were able to make their relationship better yeah, it was awesome that they they were able to literally resolve everything and, and kind of come to a happy place at the end. And that's that's the dream. <laughs> I also loved there were so many things in the show that I was like, wow, they did a great job of showing just seeing like their Kamala's family's community, like seeing Eve being celebrated and Bruno comes and Escorta was super cute and how there was like a gossip auntie. Everyone has that. The moss scenes were really nice. They showed her, they showed Kamala and Nakia going to the mosque, and it was really great to see them at like prayer and then how the mosque was involved in their life, especially later on in the show when basically the police show up to search and it just showed very a lot of things that the community goes through. I also really loved her brother's wedding. I thought that was really great to see. Right. And I thought that was interesting. It seemed like, again, I couldn't really tell the heritage of his wife, but it seemed like maybe she was... It seemed like she wasn't Pakistani. That was also really nice to see. Yeah. So it was nice to see that too. I also thought it was funny how his wife kind of could tell what was going on between Kamala and... Oh, and Kamran. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, she like has this like intuition and her, for whatever reason, her brother's just completely oblivious. It's really funny. <laughs> That was so funny. He was like, I'm so-and-so uncle's son. And I was like, I would literally do the same thing if I was in that situation. (laughs) I can't believe they had two celebrity appearances. What was the budget for this show? See, this is a thing where I think it's great. Like, I have no particular... I don't watch a ton of Bollywood movies, so I don't really have that... I didn't really notice, I guess, these celebrity appearances. But it's awesome, again, for for the people of that background to, to really be able to have these exciting crossovers you know yeah i felt like miss marvel did a good job of catering to people who like can relate to their background and people who cannot like it was very well rounded one other thing i really enjoyed about the show was i really like seeing how the parents their youth and how they used to like potentially be even semi-rebellious that was a really interesting thing that i feel like you don't normally hear about and it was really great to see that being portrayed because, you know, those parents were once teenagers at one point and young adults. And the fact that they went to they went away from home to go follow Bon Jovi or whatever. I thought that was funny, but that was also like that's probably a lot of people's experiences. They had to kind of be a little rebellious at some point, And it was nice to see that. It really was. That's true. Like I probably in the future would not tell my kids what I did, but it was nice to um, us to be able to see because most people don't know what their parents did when they were younger. A lot of things in the show, they showed that we as children like want to know 
parents, it's also their first like first time going through these situations. So they're not perfect. They have made maybe some of the same mistakes we have, maybe different ones. Absolutely. There's so many things I found out about my mom after she passed. It was crazy to hear about some of the things that she did. You know, I basically found out that she was kind of the one to motivate my family to move away from Korea for a better life. And she kind of led that movement. And that really kind of, for me, it changed the way that I saw her because I just hadn't known that earlier. And I found about that like when I was a teen, basically after she had passed. And it's just all these crazy things you don't hear about. And then randomly I'm talking to dad and then he'll tell me some story and I'll be like, what? (laughs) You know, I never heard of that. But like, that's just kind of and I know in the story, uh, Kamala's mom is like, well, you never asked. <laughs> I guess that's true, but still, it's just like, it's nice to see it actually come out. Yeah, I think in our culture, it's very, very difficult to bring these conversations. It's like, I feel like we hear that a lot. Like, oh, you never asked. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize I needed to. Right, exactly. Yeah, so many heartwarming moments. How did you feel? We'll try not to spoil the show too much for those who haven't watched, but how did you feel about the ending? My only real kind of critique about the show was just that I was a little bit confused about some of the things that happened in the last couple episodes. She kind of finds out that there are these interdimensional beings and she has some genes from one of these interdimensional beings. There's this whole thing of unwrapping the love story between the international being, which was her great-grandmother, and her great-grandfather, and her grandmother, and all of these things down to, you know, her herself. And that was really awesome. But after that, there's this scene where they opened a a rift, basically, right? And the interdimensional beings that are kind of like the evil people in the story all go back to their, or at least they, they say, we're going to try to go back to our dimension. And they do it, but then it's unclear to me whether they died, whether they made it back. And then another person gets left behind who's kind of in a similar situation as Kamala, and he also gets powers. And so then it's, I don't know, it's just, there's a lot of unanswered questions. I'm still confused I was going to ask, I was so confused when it ended. I was Googling. I was like, okay, clearly I like missed something. But the fact that you pretty much summed up what I was thinking, there were a lot of parts I was confused about. And since I never, I've, never, I've seen Marvel movies, but I've never seen Marvel shows, I was wondering, do they usually keep it so open-ended? Or do you think they did that for this show because they were hoping for like a season two? Right. And part of it might have been a season two thing. Part of it might just be like some of the comics material that they're working with. Like maybe they needed to leave it vague because the later comics have them return or something. And maybe that's why they chose that particular route. Usually it's a little more obvious when a villain has actually died or not. Sometimes they'll have a death and then they'll be revived later on somehow. And you'll be like, oh, come on, that guy was clearly dead in the last movie, (laughs) but you brought him back. But usually it's very clear again, like that, oh, this person died and the trouble has now been resolved. And it was weird because I, I at least was just like, it seemed like they were happy and things had been semi resolved, but I was still kind of like... Is everything resolved? Well, if any of the producers are listening, please give us some answers. I know that there's a movie coming out. I don't know what year exactly Miss Marvel is supposed to make an appearance again. So maybe we'll get more answers. 
And it's possible, you know, maybe the comic book people, like the people who've read this comic book series, maybe they already know. They're like, oh yeah, that's what that means. But we're just here like, you know, Marvel fans, but not necessarily like regular comic book readers. That's true. Neither of us read the comic book for this. Regardless, I thought it was, other than the confusion at the end, I thought it was a good show. I I really enjoyed seeing Kamala and again, like her friendships and just this very, a pretty authentic experience of a Muslim American family with these very fantastical things inserted in, right? The superpowers and all that stuff. Same here. It was really amazing. And I can't wait for Disney or anyone, Marvel, make more of these. I hope that other people felt like the same way we did when we watched them. So that's it for our chat on these spectacular shows. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating. If you'd like to read personal stories from the AAPI community or submit your own story, visit our website, www.whereimreallyfrom.com.